Welcome to the Yogi Fuel Podcast, the podcast that's all about up-leveling your health, your practice, and your consciousness. We'll be taking the ancient wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda mixed with modern science, having conscious conversations with spiritual thought leaders and alternative health professionals, and sometimes just me sharing my own experiences and knowledge to support you on your spiritual journey. I'm your host, Melissa Singh, and this is the Yogi Fuel Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Before we get into today's topic of conversation, which is my story, I wanted to remind you that Embodied Ayurveda 2.0 is officially open for enrollment for 2021. So this is the perfect program for you if you know that you've got this big purpose and mission. You know you were put on earth to serve, to be of service, but right now you're not fully stepping into that potential because you're clouded with anxiety, stress, and overwhelm when you feel that those things are really keeping you stuck and small and safe where you are right now. And you're wanting to confidently and competently step into that purpose, embodied Ayurveda is 100% for you. So if you want to have a conversation about this program, see if it's a good next step for you. You can follow the link in the show notes, book in a call. If you're not sure, if you don't know if you want to commit to a call, but you want to have a conversation, DM me over at Yogi Fuel on Instagram and we can totally just have a conversation in there um, and see if this is right for you. And so today I'm going to be going into my story, sharing a little bit more about, you know, what I went through and how I overcame very, very similar challenges. And I'm here to tell you that if I can do it, so can you. If this is possible for me, it is 100% possible for you. So I hope that you enjoy this podcast episode. I hope that it resonates with you. I hope that it gives you some level of hope that, you know, even if you're struggling right now, even if you feel like you are in the midst of, you know, an anxiety tornado or you're feeling super lost and super unclear there is hope and you can totally come out on the other side more aligned and empowered than you ever thought possible. So without further ado, I bring you my story. Today, I wanted to come on and I wanted to share a little bit more about my story. And I'm really grateful I shared a couple of days ago, or maybe it was yesterday, on Instagram, uh, more about the impact that my concussions have had on me and my life, my anxiety, my overwhelm and all of that stuff. And the response was really beautiful. And people really, um, they just really enjoyed sort of hearing more about it. And I know that I haven't shared a ton about that, you know, specific experience in my life and how that has impacted, you know, much of my adult life and, I specifically wanted to share about the way that Ayurveda yoga mixed with this, you know, modern science, which if you know me and you've been following me for any amount of time, I love to, you know, share what I do as like an East meets West approach. I want to share how truly transformational that's been for me in my life. And sometimes it's really hard if you're like an overachiever, you know, high performer, it's really hard to, you know, look at where we are and think, oh yes, like, you know, I'm doing so great now. Um, but when I reflect back, on, you know, and this is not to say that I don't think I'm pretty great because, you know, <laughs> I think I'm doing pretty good. But um, when I reflect back on where I was and what life was like for me, let's call it like eight years ago, like seven, eight years ago, and just how far I have come in that time, I'm, I'm a bit blown away. And so I want to share about that transformation. I want to share more with you guys specifically about like what things were like for me. Um, 
back then when I was not only in that sort of like acute phase post-concussion, but what things were like for me for years, right? This this impacted me for literally years. And even to this day, there and, and I'll share weaving in, you know, concept of like the nervous system. Um, even to this day, I still have symptoms. I still have, you know, anxiety, overwhelm, stress, right? Like how my nervous system has just been sort of forever changed. Um, but what I also have now is tools. I have awareness. I have a way of regulating myself. I have a deep knowing of who I am. I have a deep knowing of what's happening and when it's happening. And those things have been so damn transformational. And this has really helped me root into why I do what I do inside of Invited Ayurveda and inside of Yogi Fuel is this is stuff I've known for years. And it wasn't until I had the embodied experience of, you know, understanding concepts in Ayurveda, right? Because until we embody something, it's a concept, it's an idea, it's a concept, right? Same with yoga. You can read all the books on yoga you want in the entire world and none of it's going to be transformational until you do the work and you have the experience around it. And so this has been my experience with everything, Ayurveda, yoga, neuroscience. I went to school for kinesiology. I have a degree in kinesiology. I specialized in neuroscience. I have advanced training and certification in neurophysiology and none of this transformed my life until I embodied it, until I felt it in my body, in my mind. And so this is where I feel incredibly passionate about what we do inside of EA and um, yeah, just really wanting to share my story with you. So if you're not familiar, um, I used to be a rugby player, which is like super funny for people to know, because if you know me now, I'm pretty, I mean, I'm pretty funny still, like I'm funny Mel, you know, but um, I'm also quite deep. I also, you know, I really, I like to think anyway, in my own unique way, embody that yogic lifestyle. Um, I went from being like a meat eating, you know, beer drinking rugby player to this like vegan yogi. Like it's such a juxtaposition and such a just like, whoa, like transformation, right? In that in and of itself. So um, very different than, than the person I was say 10 years ago. But in my rugby career, if you're not familiar with rugby, uh, it's a very tough sport. Uh, it's basically football with no pads and not... Um, football like soccer, but football like American football, but with no helmets on. So lots of tackling, lots of all of that stuff. And in the last few years of my rugby career, I sustained multiple concussions, uh, more concussions than one should experience throughout their lifetime. Uh, I experienced in a very short amount of time. And those concussions left me with like I'm going to call it crippling anxiety. Like I was so, when I reflect back on what that was like for me, like part of it, I actually forget because I had concussions and memory loss is like a symptom. I can remember like not being able to fall asleep at night because I was constantly thinking like, oh my God, am I going to die? Like I had this weird phobia that I was going to die. I would replay, you know, situations in my life over and over and over again. I became very insecure in friendships. Um, it was like I would go to a party, okay, and I would feel so overwhelmed by all of the people and the sounds and the lights and the drinking and the this, and it would just be so much. I'd have to either just straight up leave the party, and it would come across as like rude to people, I'm sure, because they had no idea what was going on. I didn't even know what was happening. I just knew I had to get out. I would leave parties, or I would leave, I would go to the bathroom, and I would just cry. I would feel so overwhelmed, you know, like, like almost like a child, you know? I would go to the washroom, and I would just sit there, and I would cry. And I had no idea what was going on. And the same thing would happen at rugby practices, right? When I was in, uh, when I played uh, for my summer team, we played at a field and there was no washroom. So there was this like, there was this forest. And <laughs> this is so sad when I like think about it, but 
Um, so we'd pee in the forest because, you know, what are you going to do? Nature, right? So we'd go into this forest and there was like one spot, you know, where we all kind of go and uh, not together, you know, separately, <laughs> not all of us at once, but we'd go and sort of beyond that point was this little stump, this tree had been cut down and there was this stump. And whenever I felt really overwhelmed inside of, you know, practice, I would leave and I would go to this stump and I would cry like mid practice. If I was feeling overwhelmed, too much happening, all this what I couldn't articulate at the time was that my nervous system felt so overwhelmed by all of the things happening. I couldn't handle it. I had to get out. I was like in straight up fight or flight. I'd leave and I just had to release that energy. Like I just had to go and I had to cry. I remember feeling like I was crazy. Like I remember feeling like, what is wrong with me? Like there's something really deeply wrong with me. Like what is wrong with me? What is happening? Like I can't make sense of this. Like everything felt overwhelming. I think it ruined relationships. It caused me to be deeply insecure in certain relationships. It like, there were just so many things that happened. I remember, you know, friends saying to me like, Mel, you've changed. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, we don't understand what's happening because these symptoms persisted beyond, you know, like two weeks post-injury, you know, these symptoms persisted. And I didn't know what to say because I, I felt it too. I felt weird. I felt off. I was like, I know, I don't know what's going on. Like, I feel really sad. I feel really overwhelmed. Like, what is happening? Like what was going on in my body and mind? I had no idea. And like I said, I remember feeling crazy. I remember seeking out counseling. I remember seeing people, you know, speaking about my like issues, speaking about what was happening. And that was helpful for sure. But still for years and years and years after my concussion, I still felt like this deep inability to cope. This deep inability, like things really trigger me really easily. I'd be really easily agitated. I'd have like panic attacks like often. And I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't like make sense of what was going on in my body and mind. Again, like I would speak with people, you know, I'd seen some therapists and it was helpful. Don't get me wrong. And this is something that I speak about often. I advocate for is that anxiety. It's not, it's for sure multidimensional. So I'm not saying that what I teach and share is all you need to do for sure. Speaking with a qualified mental health, you know, professional is very helpful and, and necessary in a lot of cases. But for me, as I like continued on past that point and things weren't getting like, you know, better and I felt like, oh my God, I just sort of like settled into this identity of like, I'm just an anxious person and there's like something wrong with me. Like I just can't get my shit together. Like I can't handle it. I struggled to be consistent in, in most things in my life and it was really hard. I felt like there was something wrong with me. I'd see people around me having their shit together. I felt like, okay, there, there must, there's obviously something wrong with me because everyone else seems to have it together everyone else is totally fine. I'm the only one over here, like, you know, kind of a hot mess. You know, it's, it's gotta be me. And so, you know, I've always been like a healthy person. I've always been into, you know, healthy eating. I've always been into like, you know, just health, general healthy living. Okay. And so as I went on my journey and I started to do the things, the clean eating, the yoga, all of these things, I started to notice a bit of a shift. So first it started with like, I was eating a lot better and I started to feel a lot better. I was like, okay. I started to do yoga more regularly and I was like, oh, I definitely feel better. And by the way, yoga in and of itself was definitely not a be all and end all. Actually, at one point I would, it would be more of a trigger <laughs> because what happens on the mat sometimes if you have like a, a daily practice is like it can invoke and it can sort of like bring up past trauma or past like memories, right? So that was something that, you know, certainly started to happen. And I would, was doing all of these different things and some of them felt kind of random, but it wasn't until I really fully started to understand Ayurveda that things started to click a little. I understood the doshas, okay? So what I was able to ascertain from an Ayurvedic perspective was, oh man, my vata is out of whack. The air element within me, like I literally could feel 
in my embodied experience. The wind element was just all over the place. It was up, it was out, it was a tornado. It was just like a hot mess. So having that awareness, I was like, oh, okay. Vata dosha, I, I can get with that. My vata's out of whack. If I calm that wind energy within me, that vata energy within me, I think I'm gonna feel a bit better. And so I started to implement a more vata pacifying lifestyle. And again, what was really cool about this is it wasn't just one thing. It wasn't just, you know, diet. It wasn't just yoga asana. It was a multidimensional approach to balancing and calming this wind energy within me. And so I started doing these different things that were in alignment with, you know, balancing vata dosha that felt good for me, that felt in alignment for me. And all of a sudden I felt more regular. Like I felt like I could handle things again. I felt like, okay, like my capacity to tolerate life expanded. And I was like, whoa, this is cool. This is cool. So that was sort of like phase one. Okay, this like phase one understanding of Ayurveda. Then the next super cool, magical, transformational, pew, 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 I talk about like the fireworks going off, was when I truly got the intersection of Ayurveda, yoga, and neuroscience. This is for me when I was like, son of a gun. <laughs> it was my nervous system the whole time. I mean, it was Vata Dosha because honestly, Vata Dosha rules over the nervous system. So Vata Dosha is that moving air force that's going to impact the nervous system. But ultimately, it was the nervous system. And so I'll share with you really briefly, like what just sort of made light bulbs go off in, in my mind was this intersection between the gunas of yoga and Ayurveda and the nervous system. And understanding how these energies worked and were at play with me, I was like, whoa. So basically, if you're not familiar with yoga and Ayurveda and the gunas, the gunas are these, these three forces through which the entire, let's call it physical material world manifest. And they're actually more subtle than the doshas. So the gunas can actually impact the doshas. Um, as well. And so the gunas are sattva, rajas, and tamas. And you may have heard of them. You may have heard of sattva. You know, sattva is essentially what we're striving for inside of yoga, right? We're always trying to move in a more sattvic direction. Um, but the way that I learned it as well was like, yes, we're striving for sattva. And we need to honor the forces of rajas, which is that movement, that sort of like mobilizing force. Of course, we need to move in our lives. We need to move forward. We can't just be stuck and, you know, sitting in one spot. This is our life. This is our embodied reality. We have to like move forward, obviously. And we also have to honor the force of tamas, that grounding force, that grounding energy that keeps us, you know, anchored into, you know, this moment that keeps us anchored into reality, right? So that made a lot of sense to me. Like, cool, we need tamas and rajas but we need them in appropriate amounts, okay? So we need we need a moving forward in an appropriate amount and in a way that was described to me that's like rooted in sattva. So sattva being this like pure, balanced, calm, harmonious energy. We need for rajas to be grounded in like calm, balanced purity, right? Moving forward in a calm and, you know, sort of integrated manner. We need that, right? This is how we achieve things in life. This is how we go for our goals and we experience our dreams and all that stuff, right? So we need that. And we also need tamas, but in, again, that same container of sattva, that same grounded, calm, balanced, pure, clear container, right? Clear, intentional grounding, clear, intentional rest, right? Clear, intentional, you know, immobilization in a safe way. That's what we need from sattva, rajas, and tamas. And this made complete sense for me. And... When I started to learn about and go deeper into, so like I said, my background is in you know neurophysiology and neuroscience, which was largely from a movement background. When I started to do the research on <laughs> and learn about and start to develop my own you know awareness around 
trauma and the nervous system and all of this stuff. And I was introduced to Stephen Porges, Stephen Porges's, that's a hard word to say in plural, but to his polyvagal theory. And there were many, um, you know, uh, papers that linked sattva, rajas, and tamas to the polyvagal theory. I was like, son of a gun, <laughs> this is me. And things just exploded from there. My brain like exploded in a really positive way. In a, in a, in a rajas grounded in sattva way, you know, my brain was like pew, pew, you know, in a good way. Uh, I was like, oh my God, this describes it. So briefly, I'm going to share a little bit about polyvagal theory. This is going to be like high level overview, just skimming over all of the things. But essentially what the polyvagal theory states is that there are three main states of our, let's call it nervous system, of our nervous system physiology that are going to dictate how we show up in the world, okay? And so the three states are what's called, and don't worry about understanding the language of this. If this is just going, woo, then this is gonna, you know, it is what it is. So there's ventral vagal, which is where we wanna be. We wanna be in a ventral vagal state. This is calm, balanced, pure, harmonious. We're going in, you know, we're, we're experiencing life in a balanced way. Sound familiar to maybe one of the things I shared before? So this is actual science, okay? The second is a sympathetic state, okay? So this is when our nervous system is amped up. We are in the fight or flight situation. We are just like overstimulated, all of the things. Perhaps does this sound familiar to anything I just said? <laughs> and then the third is dorsal vagal. And this is the sort of immobilized state on a very sort of extreme level. This is like dissociation. This is like, we are just withdrawn. We're numb. We're sort of feeling, you know, really heavy, really dark, not a good place to be. We are immobilized. We are removed. This is like that freeze or fawn response from a nervous system perspective. And again, I'm not sure if you can see any parallels to this, but, um, maybe you see a parallel to what I just shared. And so what Stephen Porges says as well is that it's not that, you know, sympathetic activation is a bad thing again, because we need to be activated sympathetically. We get we have positive stress in our life, which is a good thing. We need to be positively stressed um, sometimes because, yeah, stress is what helps us to cultivate resilience. Stress is the thing that, you know, when we build a muscle, it's actually we have to stress the muscle and then it grows. We need stress. We need to activate the nervous system in a particular way, but we also need to allow for it to come down in a natural, you know, manner. And it's not that parasympathetic or, sorry, dorsal vagal, which can associate with parasympathetic as well. It's not that that part of the nervous system is bad because we need to immobilize ourselves sometimes. We need to get out of dangerous situations sometimes in a healthy way. Um, but obviously it's not a great thing to be in a totally dissociated state, right? Like that's not ideal either. And so he says that there's actually a total of five states, which is the sympathetic mixed with the ventral vagal and the you know dorsal vagal grounded in ventral vagal, which almost identically aligns to this idea of sattva, rajas, and tamas, and having rajas grounded in sattva and uh, tamas grounded in sattva as well. And when I got this, I was like, OMG. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is what has been happening. And inside of my nervous system, what I started to see was that I was operating and I could identify that I was operating inside of a highly rajasic space, right? Like I have a lot of, even when you see me talk, like it is more of my nature. Like I have a more pitta nature. I'm fiery. I'm expressive. I'm all the things, you know? Um, but also what, what that can look like, right, in a disempowered state is that high sympathetic tone, okay, where my nervous system kind of baseline is way more sympathetic, it's way more rajasic, which leaves me more susceptible to being sort of like triggered by all of the things and knowing that this is a physiological thing. This is a physiological 
you know, response to multiple head traumas, right? That my, of course, if my underlying tone, nervous system tone is more sympathetic, it's going to be easier to push me outside of what we call the window of tolerance, which I've talked about, right? Which is when sympathetic nervous system activity just exceeds what we're able to sort of integrate and, you know, puts you into overwhelm and anxiety and all of that stuff. When I got this, I was like, son of a gun. <laughs> like, this is me. Oh my God. I'm not crazy. This was my nervous system. Of course, this is why I'm feeling this way and I can't get it together because I'm so damn rajasic and sympathetic and activated and all of the things. Oh my God, what is happening? I started to see that. And what's super cool is, again, in the polyvagal theory, we talk about, you know, vagal toning and toning the vagus nerve. And lo and behold, a bunch of the things that tone the vagus nerve are these yogic modalities that I was doing, that I was teaching my students inside of Embodied Ayurveda that are helping to regulate their vagus nerve, which has implications for not only obviously reducing overall sympathetic tone, getting us into that ventral vagal state, getting us into that sympathetic, or sorry, into that sattvic state, but also in regulating digestion, in really uh, pacifying and balancing vata dosha. It had all of these like amazing consequences. And I was like, oh my God, this makes sense. Like the, the nerd in me was like loving the fact that, you know, science was backing up what Ayurveda is known for thousands of years, what yoga is known for thousands of years and what I was already doing with my people inside of embodied Ayurveda. And I was just like absolutely blown away. And so, you know, I sort of shared about what life was like for me, you know, pre, <laughs> pre this work, right? Like really struggling, really overwhelmed, couldn't fall asleep at night, felt super, just like super anxious all the time. Like I, like I said, I had to leave parties. Like it was, I honestly was like a hot, like I was able to function, but like barely, like I was able to go to work and stuff, but honestly I had to take many days off work because I was so anxious and overwhelmed. It didn't take much for me to get really sick from, you know, doing basic things. Like if I worked too much for like a couple days in a row, I'd get really sick. My immune system was suppressed. This is another thing that Vegas, uh, that Vagal Tone does is it improves our, um, it improves our immune response and our immune system. Right. So like, I just felt like I was falling apart. Like I was keeping it together, but like by, by threads, like it was not a good scene at all. And so now, man, I can't even tell you, like, when I think about what my life looks like now and how I feel and where I've come from that space, it makes me want to fucking cry. Okay. Because I can go to sleep. No problem now. It's not like I lay awake at night, you know, room. I mean, sometimes I do, right? If I'm like stimulated before bed and I'm like looking at my phone, of course it takes me longer to go to sleep. But for the most part, like I could fall asleep really quickly. I'm able to, you know, also something I want to notice, it's not that I experience no anxiety. This is the thing I try and hit home with people who come into my program is like, if you have anxiety, you know that it's not like it's going away. It's not like I'm going to wave the magic wand and anxiety is going to go away. There are always going to be things that make us anxious or that activate us or that, you know, trigger us in the outside world that cause us stress. But what I feel like I have now is this like superstar, superpower ability to handle anything that happens. I have the tools. I have the awareness. I know exactly what it feels like in my body when I start to feel anxiety coming on. I know exactly what it feels like. I've had multiple panic attacks in my day, multiple like straight up dissociative experiences, um, some of which have happened. I shared about this on, you know, the yoga mat. I know what it feels like in my body when this is going to happen. I have that body awareness. I know what it feels like when something triggers me. and I know what I need to do in order to calm down. So I not only have, I was saying this to someone the other day, it's like, I not only have these acute tools, these like resources to use in the moment when I'm feeling anxious, overwhelmed, oh my God, this thing has happened. But I have a foundational lifestyle 
that is setting me up for success in the most powerful way. Daily practices that don't look like like three or four or five hours, okay? Daily, small, simple rituals and practices that support me in having this like baseline of sattva, this baseline of like ventral bagel that calm my nervous system so that when things do happen, I'm already like, I'm like pre-resourced and I have this like pre-foundation to deal with whatever it is that's happening. So rather than, you know, going to a party and feeling like I need to cry, it's like I actually know how to, how to structure my day in such a way that I'm not going to feel super overwhelmed. I take more breaks. I take more breaks. And this is an interesting thing that I've spoken about before is that like part of my anxiety is in this sort of feeling like I need to be constantly productive, feeling like, you know, my production or that my worth is related to how much I work, right? And to how much I do. And what's really cool that shifted now is that I allow myself the opportunity to rest knowing that when I rest and when I rest my nervous system, because I know how the nervous system works now, I know it needs rest. I can't keep stimulating it all the time. It's not going to you know, function optimally. I know deeply at the core that the more I rest, the more productive I am the more I'm going to be able to show up powerfully in other areas of my life. I know this truth deeply. And so what I have now is this life that's given me this foundation of like sattva, this foundation of, you know, ventral vagal dominance, what, what, where I'm balanced. I'm okay. I don't wake up with anxiety anymore. I don't go to sleep ruminating about 150 million things. I experience things in my life that give me anxiety. I have the tools to observe that anxiety, to observe those triggers, to observe how it feels in my body, to allow it to be there, to welcome it, and then to, and then to gently invite it to, you know, move aside. My, we talk about this a lot. I'm not going to go into this on this live, but like my nutrition is set up in such a way that my gut is healthy <laughs> and working good. And we know that the gut is the foundation for, you know, anxiety in a lot of ways via the gut brain axis. And the food that I eat has dramatically improved my ability to show up powerfully to reduce my anxiety. Right. And so not only from the perspective of just straight up reducing anxiety and stress and overwhelm, it's like what I've always known to be true from all of the research that I've done inside of the neurosystem and neurophysiology is that our performance is directly related to our nervous system. So whether or not you are looking to reduce anxiety and you're feeling overwhelmed and you know, you've know you done the counseling and you've done the things and you kind of need this other approach, if you are someone who's looking to take it to the next level, right? You want to experience your next level, you got to regulate your nervous system. Because one of the most powerful things I learned is that change happens at the rate of the nervous system. If your nervous system is a hot mess, it's not going to allow for change and transformation. So we need to get that into integrity and get that into alignment. And so, you know, after getting all my things into alignment, like I just feel, I, I look at my life and every day I wake up, I'm like, oh my God, I love my life. I'm obsessed with my life. I get to do things every day that I love. I get to work with people. I get to help people and transform their lives. I got to start a business that I never would have started if I had continued along in my anxiety and my second guessing and my overwhelm. And by the way, if starting a business is something you want to do, you got to regulate that nervous system, okay? Because even people who don't have anxiety as a baseline, having your own business will definitely <laughs> trigger some levels of anxiety and all of the self-worth and all of the things. So having that as a tool to help me regulate and navigate the ebbs and flows and ups and downs of entrepreneurship and all of those things has been incredibly, incredibly valuable. And I feel like finally, like I shared that post the other day, like, I feel home. I feel okay. I feel safe. I feel not only like I have this level of safety that I'm like, okay, like I don't have to feel anxious, but I get to be me. I get to feel like I can be so radically and authentically me. And that's fucking so liberating. I can't even tell you. And what that's actually translated into is so many more people reaching out and being like, can you help me? 
you know, and being able to impact even more people just by showing up as me. And none of that would have been possible if I hadn't got right with, you know, my rituals and my routines that I hadn't learned and done this work. And so this is where I feel so proud, like truly beyond proud of what I've created inside of Invited Ayurveda, because this is exactly what we go through. We go through all of the things. So right from, you know, getting grounded in daily rituals and and habits and nutrition and practices that are going to give you that foundation of, let's call it sattva or ventral bagel, the things that are going to help to bring you down into that grounded space, but also the tools and the resources to support you in an acute setting. We call these formal practices and informal practices. So what I've seen with people, I'm going to share really quickly because I do have to go in like one second, I think, but (laughs) um, what I've seen, I actually got a message from a client today and it was really, really sweet. And um, she was messaging me to let me know she wasn't going to be able to make it to the Embodied Ayurveda coaching call that we have tomorrow. And I always love hearing from her because it's literally like, hey, I just wanted to update you. Um, Things are amazing. Like things are so good. Um, you know, I honestly, like, I just feel so good in my body. I have so much energy, you know, like, I I can't even tell you, like, I can't remember the last time I felt anxious and, you know, me and my husband were going out, we're going to, um, what did you say? They're going to celebrate something. And she's actually doing, um, for those of you who, uh, responded to my email about the, you know, beta certification, she's already enrolled in that. And she was like, I'm going through that material and I'm just, I'm so excited to like use this on, you know, my friends and my family and to help people. And like, honestly, like things are just going so well. And I was just like almost in tears listening to this. I was like, yes, yes, you do feel amazing. Like this stuff is powerful. And so I just want to invite you that if you are curious and you want to either, you know, I don't want to use the word get rid of your stress and anxiety because that's that's not going to happen. But if you want to cultivate like radical resilience, maybe that's what I'll call it. If you want to cultivate radical resilience in the face of your anxiety, your stress, your overwhelm, if you want to cultivate resilience to get you to the next level from where you are right now, I want to invite you to apply for Embodied Ayurveda to send me a DM. I'll put a link inside of this um, inside of this Facebook live for you to, you know, book a call in with me. I love to have conversations with people to see if it's a good fit, to see if it's something that would help you. I'm very upfront. If there, I will chat with people and some of the people I speak to, I say, no, I actually think a better first fit for you is maybe counseling. You know, maybe that's stuff that we need to work out first. But for many people, this is the next step, working through the nervous system, working through Ayurvedic wisdom and understanding how to embody that in our life. And then from that space, show up as the most powerful and aligned and authentic version of yourself. So if that sounds like you, or if that sounds like someone that you know that this would be helpful for, um, please point them in this direction. You can, you know, tag us on Instagram at Yogi Fuel. You can, you know, invite them into this Facebook group. I'm also going to repurpose this as a podcast. So if you're listening to the podcast in the show notes somewhere, there's going to be um, a link for you to book a call or to find out more information, any of that. I'm always open to chat. I'm always open to answer questions and to support you in a variety of ways. And if that's not a fit for you right now, we have tons of resources, tons of trainings, tons of stuff inside of the Facebook group on Instagram. I'm very committed to sharing as much you know, free resources as I possibly can with you um, and also creating opportunities for you to work with me and um, you know our team Uh, in a more formal capacity as and when that is appropriate. So I'm going to go now because I have to go and I have a call. (laughs) And y'all know me, I could just go on and on and on. 
So anyways, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you're watching the replay, just hashtag replay. Let me know that you're here. Um, if you're tuning into the podcast, I would love for you to, if you like what you hear and you love what you're listening to, to leave a review, let us know that you are listening. Let us know that you love it. Um, share it over on Instagram. This helps more people to find us. This helps us to spread our mission and to spread the awareness of all of the things. And, you know, having you be a part of that is something that is really, really um, helpful for us. So... That is all, my friends. Thank you for coming. I always like to say, Vikram says it's my new thing to say, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. But actually, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> my TED Talk. I'm going to start calling them Mel Talks. What do you guys think? Mel Talk? Thanks for coming to my Mel Talk. Okay, I'm rambling. As y'all know, I could go on and on. Thank you for coming to my Mel Talk, and I will see you guys later. Bye.